cold? Cozy. Okay. This is a test. <laughs> and so how, what's it, how far away would we be? Like I would the say desk would be there. Be okay. Yeah. Testing in, one, two, three. <laughs> in theory, we'll be testing from this point in the room, and hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, it'll be beautiful. And this is this is the way I'll probably be speaking during the episode. I might do this, occasionally my voice might go into a deeper baritone. <laughs> and yeah. I might get really excited. <laughs> but we'll find out <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> in this episode about what the episode might be like. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Happy Birthday, the podcast. The podcast where we explore birthdays from all angles, shapes and sizes. My name is Jeremy Gay and uh, I am a student of life and human connection. And I'm Joe Power. Hello. I am the founder and designer behind a absolute party destination called Things by Bean. I make greeting cards. I make cakes. I freaking love birthdays. But sustainability and the environment which is what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily my area of expertise. So this episode is really all about picking Jerry's brain. Perfect. And that's what I thought I'd let you do. Because <laughs> I could talk for hours and I could get very preachy about this. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to do that because I found in all my experiences in dealing with sustainability and trying to just, you know, help people be more conscious, that's not helpful. That doesn't serve anybody. Because we're all trying to do our best and we just want to live as best as we can. Exactly. So let's just help each other do that. Awesome. Um, So yeah, that's what this episode is going to be about. We're going to explore the idea of sustainability within a birthday context. From gift giving to birthday parties to all the little bits and pieces you might be curious about and how you can be more wary of your impact on uh, environment, on social on all areas and before we get to the big topic i as usual will be sharing a bit of birthday news with you jerry yes you will so actually curveball instead of sharing birthday news i want to share some information how good is information <laughs> i nearly just spat tea yeah. in joe's face when i heard it's about information, information. <laughs> i love that shit okay a few episodes back jerry we talked about the world's oldest creature which was a mollusk that was oh, 500 years old. Do you remember that? Dear old Molly, yeah. Yeah, we love him. We love him. We speculated that if perhaps there were... So we said the mollusk was the world's oldest living creature, but then we corrected ourselves and thought, oh, wait, maybe maybe trees can be older. But we didn't yeah. really know. We were just kind of estimating and yep. guessing how old a tree could be. I've done a little bit of research. I'm so glad you You're going to love this. And because it's relevant, yeah. it's a tree-related topic. Um, turns out, until, until 2012... People thought that the world's oldest known tree was a bristlecone pine tree named Methuselah. Methuselah is 4,848 years old. Whoa. (laughs) So, like I said, people thought this was the oldest tree in the world for many years. They even named the tree Methuselah, who actually... Do you know Methuselah? No. Okay, it's a a person in the Bible who was um, in the Bible known to be the oldest living person. Okay. Yeah, so they named... um, they named the tree after that very old person. But in 2012, some adventurous tree types discovered another tree living in the same area as Methuselah. Mm. It was actually a little bit older, 218 years older than Methuselah, <laughs> putting it at four, sorry, 5,066 years old. That's the oldest freaking tree that we know of on Earth. Where is this? So this is in, good question, this is in California, but 
where in California, very few people know. They keep the location of Methuselah a secret. Good. Because they don't want people to go and, and fuck with it. I'm so impressed there's a tree yeah. that old in America. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yep. Because to give you context on a tree to survive that long, particularly yeah, within a gold region, a lot of landscapes and um, ecosystems were completely wiped out. And so, for example, if you go around country Victoria, they're not the same landscapes we're looking at 500 years ago. Yeah, because they've been wiped out and then yeah, repopulated. Exactly. Like they used to be like apparently like forests, very similar to like big bounding trees that you could just ride horses through and oh. things like that. But then through, I guess, European settlement, it's all been kind of yeah. transformed. But that's incredible. Like it's incredible, isn't it? And disease. 5, it's just, I mean, that's two of them. And there might even be more in that area they haven't discovered. That's... Over 5,000. So that tree, the oldest tree... It was a sapling in the year 3051 BC. That predates modern humanity almost. By far. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's I mean, so exciting. Homo sapiens were pretty similar to how they look today. Um, but, but I mean, obviously, it was a totally different way of yeah, life. And yeah. nothing like civilization as we know it. So, ah, fascinating. But, but indigenous cultures would have been around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Definitely. they were obviously a little more careful with trees. That's so exciting. <laughs> so exciting. Five, over 5,000 yeah. years old. Yeah. You wouldn't even recognize any of its contemporaries anymore. <laughs> These young yeah. pine trees wouldn't yeah. have a clue. Is that? <laughs> I was going to try to be an old tree, but I'm just not wise enough. <laughs> no, it's beyond our scope for being wise. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know where to begin. I was going to say like, Burn day, back in my day. I... <laughs> back in all the days that I've been in through. Yeah. Because like back in what day? <laughs> yeah, what freaking day? What day? You've There's had so many days. You've lived through so many generations. <laughs> like they're all your days. Where to start? It's probably just best if the trees don't <laughs> talk because no. it's too hard for us to cope with. Can you imagine getting stuck in a conversation with him and he just rambling off into one of his oh my stories? He would have too many. Too many. I wouldn't even, I'd, yeah, I'd be like, I don't have time with this. Methuselah. Yeah. He would never get invited to parties. <laughs> no. Oh, so that's probably why he's ran away to the forest yeah he's lonely i'm sure it's a lonely yeah, life he is so sustainability and birthdays my friend yeah talking is it about possible? cleaning up our act yep oh, i want to clean up our act but rethinking the way we act yeah perfect well is it possible yes to what extent depends on you i guess depends on how much effort you want to put in yeah it's um and I, I think understanding what sustainability is and, you know, it's not just restricted to being environmental, like sustainability is a concept that's from my, part of my philosophy and how I like to approach it is a part of the greater ecology of the world. And so that underpins... It's definitely a social issue. Yeah, exactly. Social yeah. issue, political, every single, the economy, the environment, it's all included under this one idea of managing humans on the planet. Yeah. Um, and so it only makes sense now that... Yeah, like everything that we're doing in terms of activities, we're beginning to start to really think about, all right, what are the impacts of us doing this? And a birthday party or having a birthday is something I've been acutely sensitive and wary of for quite some time. But obviously for me, I don't want to be pushing too many strong values on anyone else. I've sort of done where I can when I'm doing something, but then allowed everyone to go about their business. Because um, they might be choosing to concentrate their efforts into other areas. Of, exactly. Yeah, it's so hard to so hard to just look at one thing someone's doing and saying, you're wrong, you're doing it all wrong. And I never want to say they're wrong. Yeah. Because they're not. Like, they're doing everything according to their values and yeah. you know, ideas. And I think, more importantly, it's it's not... Sustainability, to me, is not an absolute black and white binary idea about living. It's about understanding the trade-offs 
in our decision making and so the impacts the costs and it can be quite overwhelming but it can be pretty pretty basic and simple if you kind of have some rough guidelines and that's going to fluctuate and change throughout your whole lifetime because your needs and desires change the context you're in changes and so those impacts are going to shift and change there's not one blanket rule and i definitely think it's an approach to take as a bit of a, a healthy look at just experimenting with the way you do life and do things differently and you can just do one thing at a time and layer it and sort of build up from there but yeah so for birthdays has this been a sort of a topic or an issue that sort of ever picked your brain before now to be honest not really i mean i do have an aversion to plastic yeah because it feels unnecessary Mm. and i'm definitely aware of the negative environmental impact it has how mass-produced plastic is and how irresponsibly it's disposed of but that's probably the only thing honestly Mm. i mean when i think about birthday parties i just think about wanting to make it as fun Mm. and easy Mm. for everybody as possible yeah and that comes into it how easy something is just like the one-time use culture just disposing of plastic plates instead of washing all your ceramic plates Mm. you know i think that's a big one for people with birthday parties and that was a big thing that came up for me um particularly off the back of coming from the sustainable living festival where they have a wash against waste station and so everyone who uses any plates from the fruiteries it's brought back to the station washed and given back to the food dispensers yeah and that's how they negate waste there and i thought about that with parties and there is a culture and that's just the way we've evolved over time is convenience and minimizing time and energy when cleaning up or when hosting an event that's such a long and pervasive habit and way of thinking so yeah it can be very challenging to shift away from that and and realistically who wants to host a party is 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 is, is a tiring process and then think about the end of the day like i gotta clean up and i gotta do these things like oh god and if it's none of it's disposable and it's all you just (laughs) wiping it down washing it off it's it's a huge effort it makes you kind of not want to have the party in the first place and that made me think though i mean i was going to put this into a tip later on but me and my friends have kind of some group of friends um have slowly pushed into the space of whoever is hosting a party or a gathering particularly it's a birthday less has to provide all the things but everyone sort of chips in and combines for the gathering so they can bring a bit of food and their plates and they can bring food in their plates and bring food in their plates and then there's a bit of a, a communal cleanup afterwards and Perfect. it sort of balances it out and so it was a good way for us to sort of a good compromise to reduce a bit of our impact but also none of us had to put ourselves completely out yeah and i found that a really good happy medium and it was quite fun to do a cleanup together at the definitely end. it's just a continuation of the party it is and it's a just nice little out. natural wind down of the party too yeah I mean, I think it might be easier to apply that sort of change to adult gatherings, kids parties, which I'm thinking about a lot because yeah, in a few years, definitely. it'll be a really big part of my life. I think I think it's much harder because you're not you're not going to have people hanging. I mean, you might have a few good friends, but you're not going to have people hanging around and helping you clean up. It's no. just going to be two hours of absolute mayhem with kids running around and you're just going to want to get it over with like get the cleanup over with because it's going to be a big cleanup job anyway but i think there's still ways that you can yeah make a kid's birthday party or any birthday party more sustainable and it's really for me i i started writing down and blocking them into different sort of categories of things you would have to think about for a party if you're going to focus on that um and then also present giving because that's another layer that 
can easily be forgotten um, and has another layer of complexity to it because, you know, the whole ethical gift giving now yeah. is becoming more conscious and more aware. So the categories I sort of looked at are waste. So really being mindful of what is the eventual waste that you're going to create and that's going to go to landfill or how much of it can be recycled or how much can be compostable. Yeah. And that sort of gives you a bit of a good bearings on how much you're going to generate. Yeah. So from that point, you can sort of start thinking about, well... I don't Swapping want to have to do things. that. Yeah, and yeah. reducing things. And that can push you into then thinking more about the amount is necessary. What is necessary to a party? What am I trying to achieve with the party? You know, what is necessary for someone's good experience? Yeah, like is this item going to make or break the party? Are they going to have more fun if it's there? Exactly. Will they have a bad time if it's not there? Yeah. And usually you can kind of just do away with anything. Like yeah. if you get the core things right. That's right. A lot of those little things don't matter that much. That, yeah, exactly right. And I think a lot of our disposable items we use anyway are quite tacky and kind of frivolous. Um, and that's the whole point of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so you think by default they're really unnecessary. And then, you know, there's there's also thinking about the energy you're going to use. So um, currently if you're in Victoria, most of our power is from coal fire. So it's very big, heavy carbon emitting sources, which... Yeah, is it, uh, is another sort of footprint to think about. I'm being very careful not to make this a big doom and gloomy, yeah. but rather just offering some points to think about. Um, and this is not to say if you don't do that, you're a bad person. That's not the point of the story. It's more to think, maybe to create a bit more of awareness around the various areas which are you're going to be contributing to in some way. And at the end of that, that's it's up to you to sort of think about that through yourself and that's fine um because i think it really needs to be more of a an inclusive community conversation rather than what can be a tendency to be a, a name and shame you're like yeah. you're not doing this enough like an individual is failing yeah yeah and you don't want to do that especially on a lovely occasion such as birthdays where the intention is is to create beautiful wonderful times yeah so maybe that can be another way to then extrapolate on that goodwill and be really creative and inventive in other ways you can do that can I ask you, relating to the energy point, so I've read that people kind of writing essays about how they want to make their birthday parties more sustainable. And so they're thinking, okay, I'll swap the party plates for real plates. Mm-hmm. But then I've read that the energy output from all the water, the dishwasher, whatever, that you're running your dishwasher, using all the water, that it actually is just as bad, in quotes, as just using party plates and throwing them away as disposable. Yeah. Is that true? Or is that just someone trying to make that, make an excuse? That is definitely a consideration. There'll be energy generated no matter what activity you do. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. But I think you also got to contextualize that the energy doesn't have to be bad energy. Like it could be renewable energy, which is fine. Yeah, true. You don't have to worry about that. If you've got some solar panels in your house and you're using, yeah. subsidizing your energy with that, then that's fine. Not as bad as... But then also think about the processes and the systems that go into creating these plates and decorations and everything else. We're cutting down trees or extracting minerals. The um, product lifeline of how it got to you in that context probably adds up a lot more than you. what's not being accounted for in that. And particularly with a lot of... Um, so, for example, you know, a plastic plate, a disposable plastic plate is oil. Like, that's oil transferred into plastic, which is probably manufactured in China by 
really energy intensive manufacturer. They may or may not be on renewable energy. That's then shoved onto a ship or a plane, which uses gallons and gallons of more oil and carbon. And then that's transferred to here, which goes to another distribution warehouse, which is then pumped to the store. Oh my God. And so each of these touch yeah. points all have an accumulation of energy used. And so and then yeah, you're just going to use it and throw it away. And then and using it in 10 seconds. And then they'll make more. Exactly. Yeah, wow. And then to think about that, product lifeline is also you're taking something out of the net pool of resources and things that could be used for something else that's probably a bit more serving for people who need it and i think that's the big the biggest debacle of probably being in a western society is the privilege of what we have but then slowly what's creeping up on us is the weight and the reality of what that privilege entails yes and who bears that cost? And so who's missing out because of that? Which is, I think, a natural and healthy conversation to have. I think that's what we should be doing all the time. But it is a heavy conversation to have. It's really hard to, to, to admit those things to yourself and to think about, but I was doing something that was really nice and a good thing can still have some negative consequences. So that's that's one element. That's like a small yeah, element of it. That's really, it answers my question perfectly. A follow-up question. Is it true that, so if you make what you think is a pretty responsible choice and you choose to use paper plates with Mm -hmm. no plastic film Mm -hmm. on them, because some have that to like, I guess so they don't absorb any of the moisture from the cake or whatever. Yeah. Um, So if you just use an uncoated paper plate that should be recyclable, if it's contaminated with food matter from the food you've served, does that render it unrecyclable? I think it does. Yeah, that's what I thought. Which is Damn, difficult. That's um, so difficult. Like I think you can you can remove most of the food excrement and I don't know 100% the details on that, but even all our recycling facilities have limitations on what plastics they can and can't recycle yeah. and what products. Well, these are, this is paper plate. Paper plate. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it could be <clears throat> by default, I would just throw the paper plate into the compost. Of course, paper is compostable, isn't it? Totally. And that sort of negates that possibility. That's a great idea. And the food in there. And then, yeah, you can tidy up your recycling. And if you don't have if you don't have need for compost at your house, there are actually community compost bins. There is an increasingly growing variety of options of now compostable or biodegradable cutlery yeah. or plate sets, even um, party deco- decorations and goods yeah. are now moving into that space. There's a lot more uh, pl- packaging now is now made out of plants. So the idea is if more people buy this stuff, it creates more demand and then it pushes the focus of all the other stuff and that becomes sort of the mainstay. It's never that easy. Um, when I go into thinking about if I do use disposable items, I'm always thinking about, oh great, it's all recyclable. I don't have to worry about it. Recycling's good, but you're still taking that item to be created and you're still throwing it out in 10 seconds and it still has to go through a process of energy to be recycled and it can't be 100% recycled. Each time the recycling process goes through, there's always like probably like a 10 to 20% as a rough sort of figure that can't be recaptured. Yeah. And so that process has a very limiting capacity. So I I always take just the easy option for me is what if I just consume less? And how much can I put back into a compost or into the garden? Yeah. that way, that's a complete um, absorption back into the system. And you don't have to worry about um, landfill or anything else. Or even putting, like, really shitty plastic, like you said. It ends up in the weirdest places. Like, are you aware of our oceans yeah. and everywhere else? A lot of the fish we're eating now, most likely we're eating plastic within that. So yeah. that's now in our food systems. And so that's just to be wary that our waste goes out into these landfills. But then it, you know, the whole the whole world and all these ecosystems are a network, and it's all connected, and so it gets absorbed, and it will end up some weird place eventually. Yeah, definitely, so. because it's not going anywhere. It can't. No, that's right. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I guess with decorations and waste, you can then move on to food. Food is a big part of it, and you're a big part of food too. You love food. I love food. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with food, there's always sustainability, food miles, where it's grown, where you're getting it from, where you're sourcing it, processed versus unprocessed, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think they're becoming increasingly a natural part of our choices anyway. We can point out all the various aspects of birthdays that are, I know do air quotes wrong or unsustainable, but... I don't think that's necessary. I think that's helpful. But what's really helpful is maybe giving some advice or tips if you're looking to maybe engineer your birthday in a bit more of a mindful way. Um, yeah, I think you said that you had some advice on that. Yeah, so I do have some tips, and some of them are my, my own that I thought of. Mm. Some of them I got from various websites. For instance, The Green Mama had a few really good ideas. The Green Mama. The Green Mama. Yeah, I want to go back and look at what else she's written about. But I'll post the link to her blog so you can check it out. So some of my favorite ones, if you say, so this is for maybe more for kids parties, but potentially for milestone birthdays, I don't know, putting no gifts on an invite. Mm-hmm. That's a thing people do, okay. and that's probably because they don't want a lot of crap laying around their house, especially if it's yeah. a kid's birthday party. So if you say no gifts, people are definitely still going to bring gifts. You just feel weird not bringing a gift for some reason, yeah. which we might want to talk about more, all the expectations around yeah. having to give a gift, even if yeah. it's not something that you want or need. So instead of just saying no gifts, say a great gift would be donating to this charity and then actually list a link to the charity or making the party a theme like arts and crafts and saying instead of a gift please bring an arts and crafts supply and then it's something that will be used on the day that will actually add to the fun of the party that's nice not a waste yeah yeah to avoid wrapping paper wastage, mm-hmm. which I freaking love wrapping paper, so I'm hesitant to say <laughs> this, but um, it's the topic of the day. So instead of wrapping paper, ask people to not wrap the present mm. for environmental reasons yeah. and ask them to instead hide the present from you in your house. Ah. <laughs> and then every present will be hidden and you just got to go find it or your kid will go I find it. I that. Wouldn't that be oh. fun? I also thought about that too. Cause yeah. Like, oh, it's fun having things wrapped. But I also thought, like, we're surrounded in thousands of fabrics and linen and things, tablecloths, scarves, and everyone loves that stuff. Yeah. You could add that to the present that become the wrapping paper. Yeah, totally. And it's not that faux pas, is it, if it's a bit of an Indian gift and you're like, I got this present for you, but I need the wrapping paper back. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, for instance, I always wear a bandana. Ah. Just buy me a new bandana. Exactly. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else? Um... Paper plates and cups and napkins and all that that we've talked mm-hmm. about is a big one. Yeah. That it seems really hard to do without because it just creates so much more mess. Yeah. But you could just opt for finger food, cupcakes instead of a cake that you have to slice and serve yep. on a plate. Things that people can eat with their hands. Um, serve drinks in big glass pitchers and then just use regular cups yeah. and then you only really have the cups. Yep. Instead of, you know, cans and bottles yeah. and juice boxes or whatever. Yeah. Um, really simple food swaps. Totally. It makes it more fun too. I like finger food is more fun to make, I think. You can make your own decorations instead of buying them. And that can be a really fun thing to do before. If you like making things, you can just make them yourself and then you can reuse them. And if you make them customizable, you can actually make them, you know, fit with future themes of parties. Like this is something that I love to do on my on the things by being blog. I make stuff out of felt. Yep. So I've made party hats out of felt that have Velcro on the front and you can swap different shapes mm. in and out. So I made a little pizza, a little lightning bolt, a little cat. 
and they all have Velcro. So you can put that on and you could just make, you know, instead of buying party hats every time, you can have these felt party hats that you always use. And then you can instead just make little thematic felt shapes. So if it's like a 30th party, you can make little 30s or little cocktails, whatever you want to make and then just stick it on. I'm glad you said that because I had a similar note that I thought of and I'm like, how much could be reused or remixed from other friends? So you yeah. have such a network of people that you know who all have eclectically really cool stuff. And I'm sure yeah. you could easily just borrow bits and pieces from everybody and each year you could sort of, it could be rethemed and changed and different. Totally. Wouldn't that be awesome to just have a communal friend party box? <laughs> yeah. You can just like, yeah. when you need the box, you go and get it from whoever has it and yep. it's full of all these badass like, handmade decorations yeah. that you can throw up and it would be so fun to would decorate be. that way yeah totally. it'd be like a treasure trove yeah because things will get added as they're made and yep. you'd be like what's in there this year oh my god yeah <laughs> i've read a lot of people saying to ditch paper cards and substitute with e-cards <laughs> but i can't get behind that um yeah Getting paper cards are special. Yeah. And paper is often recyclable, particularly if you recycle paper. So uh, keep doing that, guys. (laughs) Yeah. And look, if you really wanted to um, retain your uh, greeting card uh, addiction, um, you can always offset another as your life. And also put pressure on the government to do better forestry practices than you can have your cards. (laughs) Yeah. You want your cards? you got to put pressure on the government to better <laughs> deforestation practices. Subversive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it works. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so those are some of the main ones. Um, I think they're really good key ones. I think making a community thing is community. a big takeaway and for me. the biggest, I think, element of sustainability that's really trying to be pushed and encouraged that this, um, this kind of reductive idea that we as individuals have to do this and we make the change is really disempowering. Um, it's really individuals within communities that make the difference. And everything that I've ever failed at is because I've tried to do it myself. I have much more percentage of success in doing anything for other people. And I think that's the important thing. And that's what birthdays are about. It's bringing people together. So why don't we kind of leverage that and yeah. work together more about that? And you could raise awareness about this a bit more subtly with your birthday parties by asking people not to bring certain things and by getting them to focus on bringing other things that are a bit more... Uh, I guess, conducive for the environment and each other's health. Yeah. And once a whole group of friends gets into yeah, that habit, so much easier. you won't even be questioning it. It'll just, it'll just be the new normal. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. That's it. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be like you're a bad person. Yeah. It's actually a possibility to be, in my mind, to live a bit more mindfully and in tune with things. So. Thanks, and, Jay. I yeah. found that really helpful. I love when I learn something. Well, I always learn something. Yeah. In every episode, but um, something that can really apply and something that I think I can potentially feel quite passionate about when I give it enough thought, you know, mm. like decide to pay attention to it. Totally. Yeah. All the habits I have now took me years to develop. Yeah. And I think this is the thing is it's not going to be a matter of switching from one thing to being the ultimate sustainable warrior tomorrow or even having this idea of a sustainability warrior. I think it's more about. I've got certain habits and ways of living that I'd like to develop and cultivate. And so I'm going to set intention to do that. And it might take me a few years to do that efficiently and properly. Our world's not really set up for us to do a lot of these habits easily. So it's not necessarily your fault or you're to blame at all. It's 
just the the context we're in and so you do the best you can awesome thank you for joining us for yet another episode of happy birthday podcast if you have anything to tell us anything at all email us happy birthday podcast at gmail.com follow us on instagram happy birthday podcast and also if you like the show tell a friend about it i'm i'm learning that through my own podcast listening and through doing this podcast that Mm. word of mouth is the way to get the word out there about about podcasts so if you like it tell your friend or you could just subvertly just invite them to your home and have it play in the background. Yeah. Um, what is beautiful? Is that is that angels? Are you listening to angels? <laughs> wow, speak? I really like that angel piece you're listening to. Can I? <laughs> angel piece. <laughs> um, there's birthdays everywhere, here, there, everywhere, right now, this very minute. There's a person blowing out candles on a cake. And do you know what they hear after they blow out those candles? Hip hip hooray to you. And if it's your unbirthday. I don't want you to feel sad because, you know what, hip hip hooray to you too. Jordan, you have just begun So have a happy